Welcome to A Seat at the Table, a podcast bringing together feminism, dinner parties, female friendship and food. I'm Alex, your host the creator of Spare Ribs Club, an intersectional feminist book and supper club which explores feminism and social justice through literature, art, music and food. Each episode I invite our guests to take us through their perfect feminist dinner party, three feminist icons as dinner guests, three courses and three tunes being played on repeat. This week, I'm very pleased to welcome the wonderful Nell Carter. Nell is a self-described lifelong foodie who started reviewing High Street Christmas sandwiches in 2018 for a bit of fun. She has since dedicated herself to becoming a fully-fledged Sani queen. In December, she quit her job and turned the quarter-life crisis into a sandwich delivery service. And since then, she's been running a sandwich series on social media and traveling. Thank you so much, Nell, for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me and what a lovely intro. <laughs> so, which three guests are you inviting over for your dream feminist dinner party? Okay, well, I want to preface this by saying I thought long and hard about this and for a while I had three choices written down that were probably my ideal three guests were I to be, I don't know, slightly more serious, but mm -hmm. I've I've just backed down and I've gone for my really honest three guests. So try not to judge me too hard on this <laughs> and I'll get the first one out of the way. And it's Bridget, Bridget Jones, because, oh. well, let me do my three. Actually, I'll tell you all three that I'll go into them. <laughs> so we've got Bridget Jones, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and finally uh, Felicity Cloak, who would be the less well-known one. And she is a food writer that I admire a lot. Brilliant. So... I think first off why Bridget Jones I mean for many I obviously she's a kind of brilliant choice but why specifically did you choose Bridget Jones? Well I thought she's going to be that controversial one who we struggle to call a feminist but I think what comes up time and time again when I'm in conversations especially with my single friends is we always come back to describing ourselves as Bridget Jones these days mm. so I thought you know what for once let's have it out with bridge let's get her a seat at the table and actually delve into what it is that we all have this sort of anxiety around and i think you know it, it does come from that place of a societal expectation that mm -hmm. at an age we will feel settled or we will have our life looking a specific way and if we're not there yet, then, you know, it's it's a bit of a cop out, but it's, oh, you know, I'm just Bridget Jones, just struggling to get through. And I think it would be so refreshing to actually delve into what we mean by that mm. with Bridget herself. And how about Felicity Cloak? I don't know a huge amount of her work, um, but I do. Yeah, I know she's a food writer. Yeah. So she's the one that I came stumbled across on instagram a few years ago and to be honest it's a very sort of selfish choice here but she is that woman that i just really admire and i admire both like her lifestyle like what she does mm. but really i think it'd be great to have someone there whose life i would eventually like to sort of live out mm -hmm. um and she so for me obviously you mentioned it in my intro but i have developed quite a quite a niche in sandwiches <laughs> and I do come back to sometimes you know should I be doing something a bit more serious and I'm not saying I don't have a job at the same time I do um but you know in my spare time I have now turned my focus very specifically on sandwiches and she is quite similar in that way she has found her niche and what she does she's written um two very successful books 
Mm -hmm. um one is about traveling around France trying to find the perfect croissant Mm -hmm. and the other one which is a more recent release is about it I think she subtitled it the brick uh, sorry a British breakfast odyssey Mm -hmm. and it's her travels around the UK trying all the different parts of an English breakfast or British breakfast which goes to England Scotland Wales uh, Northern Ireland and she's trying to find what it is that makes that such a huge part of our culture and I think in terms of her being a bit of an icon for me she's just someone who has found her niche and run with it and you know doesn't matter that it's quite specific because you will find your crowd um and that is the beauty of social media I found her through that and realized she's quite similar to me so Mm. would love to have her around for dinner that sounds like a brilliant job to have to be just going oh. around the country <laughs> trying out literally the dream job I know and she does it all on her bike which is something oh. I love to do love a good cycle that's a great choice and and how about I mean Phoebe Waller-Bridge has come up a couple of times in other episodes so he, she's a very popular dinner guest but for you yeah specifically, why 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 Phoebe Waller-Bridge I think she'd just be great to chat to I think you know she's created such interesting characters interesting women as well mm-hmm. um but you know she's she's behind you know we've got Fleabag which is presenting one side of a spectrum of woman and then she's also been on Bridget Jones and I think sort of digging into what she thinks about you know sorry just got a bit carried away there one sec. <laughs> <laughs> um but no I think I've watched an interview with her when I think she'd been accused of being brought on to um, Bond specifically to help with female characters and you know she's really argued back against that saying that wasn't it at all she really is just a writer at the top of her game Mm -hmm. Um, and yet she also uh, delves into some interesting nuances in feminism through the character of Fleabag and I think um, yeah just those two sides of the spectrum would be interesting to chat about with her mm, definitely do you so do you think that the three guests would get on I think so yeah I think definitely uh I think if oh I'm just picturing Phoebe Waller-Bridge there as Fleabag and I think her and Bridget Jones would be a hilarious duo um <laughs> no I just think as a yeah I think as a group that'd be a, a lot of fun a lot of yeah. wine flowing booty girls so, so where is the dinner party kind of being hosted? Is that, have you got a particular place in mind or is it just kind of a particular atmosphere? Oh, good question. Um, I think, I think if I'm going to tie this into my menu and specifically my starter a little bit, I love that time where, okay, let's, let's call it Italy because I'd say that's probably my favourite country in the world mm. and that time probably about seven o'clock where you've got golden hour sitting mm. outside on a terrace mm-hmm. sun's hitting you first crispy glass of wine and that's where I think I want all this to take place lovely that's yeah that's kind of the best I my favorite time of day to be honest yeah In a particular season yeah the place that's my favorite time of day definitely. the best um and what tunes are going to be on repeat all evening okay so we have gone for and I'm someone who will change her mind continuously. So all of this has been a challenge for me, um, specifically the food and the music. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but the so song that I have on repeat at the moment and have done for a while, because I'm someone that gets hooked on one song at a time and plays it to death until I then hate it. Um, so Mermaids, Florence, love Florence, want her there in mm-hmm. some form. So 
that one's Could, on I you. mean, if, if this is a dream dinner party, if you'd like Florence and the Machine to be performing. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, let's have her there. Cool. <laughs> so um, she, you've got Mermaids by Florence. Mermaids by Florence. Then it, I wanted Fleetwood Mac playing as well. And mm -hmm. I've gone after Gold Dust Woman, which is hilarious to me now because... I used to listen to that and feel empowered by it. And I've just researched the meaning just to double check. Gold dust means Coke. I could have could have thought that. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Let's get it on anyway. And finally, um, this one was easy. Um, I want Elephant Love Medley from uh, Moulin Rouge. And mm -hmm. I want us to be belting it. It'll be the last part of the dinner party. And it'll probably be on repeat at least five times. Amazing. And what's the kind of like dress code like what are you expecting people to be wearing oh good question I haven't thought about dress code um cash I want people comfy I mm -hmm. think there's going to be a lot of food at mine and I don't want anyone feeling like they are in any way constricted so let's get comfy um yeah cool so okay let's get on to the food then what are you serving for your starter so now this really has been the ultimate question for me I think about this almost on a daily basis so this is what I'm feeling right now um but I think this one won't change too much for starters I want and I'm calling it dips and bits so I just want all of the dips and all of the bits to dip into because I'm someone that I think I think I listened to your last guest or one of your previous guests and they mm. had the same sort of ethos towards this as me which is mm -hmm. I don't want just one starter I want to be able to share mm -hmm. everyone's and so the ideal therefore for me is to have a series of dips and I think we're talking definitely hummus definitely aioli um some labne would be nice and baba ganoush love all the middle eastern dips they're delicious mm -hmm. and then to dip into crisps absolutely mm -hmm. um I want some crunchy bread Mm. um I'd like some cornichon I think uh, maybe I'll dip those we'll see mm. and some I'm very into crunchy radish as a dip a dippable item at the moment delicious, delicious. I think yeah dips and bits uh, what was it dips and bits is that your name I know well dips no, and things good name. I, good name. well I got thinking about it a lot and I thought this could actually be a really great um pop-up idea or maybe like a restaurant one day you oh, know yeah. just get people a glass of wine. it's almost like in Italy they do a aperitivo and you get mm -hmm. a glass of wine or a cocktail they give you a plate and then you just go load up from basically a buffet but dips and bits makes it a bit classier I reckon no I think that's a great idea for a restaurant like a kind of natural wine bar with just like oh, a, cool. yeah a bar of dips and definitely bits. no one would ever sit at a table everyone would just be stood up the whole night <laughs> mm, just dipping and dipping, <laughs> dipping their bits yeah. in bits yeah I love that um and how about for your main um for my main so I was uh not working earlier this year managed to get some time off to go and travel Mexico a bit mm. and I think my absolute favorite thing about Mexico is their dedication to condiments and mm -hmm. if I wasn't doing sarnies I think I'd be you know I'd want to be a condiment queen mm -hmm. that that is a bit of me everything I eat has to have at least three condiments on the side and so I'm going for um tacos 
So my favorite tacos were cochinita fabil, which is basically pulled pork, but it's a slow roasted pork. Um, they cook it underground and it's just so melt in the mouth. Mm. And then with that, you get every topping in the world, like mm. from guac to pico de gallo, and then just about 20 different varieties of salsa, ranging from mild to very, very burn your throat out hot. Mm. So that is for me, I think. Delicious. So you're just going to have like a tray of tacos? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe, maybe bottomless. That would be good. Yeah. You see a thing with my menu. I'm not very good at just getting one thing on a plate. <laughs> um, so does that mean you're, are you pairing your food with specific drinks? Like, are we getting bottomless tacos and like bottomless margaritas or? Is yes, absolutely. Yeah. Although actually I'm going to go for a, my, my favorite is a mezcalita with mezcal mm. instead of tequila. Mm. So let's do that. Yeah. Like, like a smoky kind of mezcal. Oh, definitely. With yeah. the, with the um, sort of tagine around the rim as well. That's mm. good. That's delicious. Um, and what about for dessert? For dessert, um, this one's much closer to home. I want it, we call it in my house, um, a lemon dainty. Uh, I think it's often described as a self-sourcing lemon pudding um, but my mum my always made it um, when we were younger and it's this really really light sponge and underneath it's it's got sort of a lemon curd like um, cut like molten lemon um, and it's just delicious you have it with a little bit of creme fraiche um, and it's the kind that sort of makes your tongue feel funny afterwards because the lemon's so tart but that yeah that's a bit of me. That's delicious. And I think this menu really goes with the, the setting as well. Kind of like Exactly. I know. It's it's quite okay. Italian and then we have yeah. a little break in the middle to go to Mexico. But I, I think <laughs> yeah. Um so the wine's flowing, you've had some delicious food. Are you the one cooking the food? I think so. I think uh good question actually. It'd be nice to just relax, but I think I've I've got one of those personalities where I can't help but get involved a little bit. So maybe we have a cook there and I'll just backseat cook, which would be really annoying. But Well, you could have like, I guess, created the menu, but someone else might have sourced yeah. the ingredients and you could be you could have a like a sous chef maybe, like you could or be maybe... the, the bits and pieces at the end. Yeah, true. Actually, do you know what would be nice? If someone else can prepare all of the sort of taco accoutrements and mm. then I'll just I'll just help people to build the perfect taco because I, I want them to have the perfect bite in every mouthful mm -hmm. so that, that's what I'll do what kind of are these like corn tortillas or what kind of tortillas are you yeah yeah corn so I really wanted to try and make them when I got home mm. but it's so hard to do because the actual process of it, it's the masa dough that you've got to make which comes mm. from the corn um and we just don't get corn like that in the UK Mm -hmm. and I haven't figured out a way to import it and mm -hmm. I'm not saying I've got time for right now but I would love to have a go at making them one day mm. yeah I guess you could have a I guess tacos are a kind of sandwich you could have a little yeah exactly <laughs> exactly maybe maybe I could try a cornbread um as an alternative mm. but it doesn't really work very well for, for sandwiches cornbread it falls apart a lot oh really because it's too kind of crumbly yeah and that's the problem because I'm desperately trying to do more gluten-free stuff um mm but and and yeah cornbread's one of my best solutions but it just doesn't hold at mm. all I mean I think cornbread's amazing but I can imagine how it's just not great as a 
No, it needs a binder. I, I don't know. Have you ever experimented with um, what is it, xanthan gum? Maybe you could try that. I know people say that. Oh, I have heard. No, I've heard good things about xanthan gum. Yeah, yeah. Be a way, a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I also, it's quite sweet as well. I know you can make cornbread that's not as sweet, but it, yeah, for me, it always feels more like a cake than a. It is. It is exactly. I know. <laughs> so, the guests have eaten. You're all kind of few drinks down music's playing what's the kind of where does the evening lead are you chatting are you dancing how late is it going on until I think yeah I think if the wine's flowing it could definitely go on a while um I think with these three three big personalities three big chatters so mm -hmm. that's normally where where my dinners go anyway we'll just be talking and suddenly look at the time and it's four in the morning <laughs> and oh, unless we, we might have gone horse by singing elephant love medley to be yeah. fair in which case I guess that's when we'll take our leave yeah <laughs> would you be going out after somewhere else or would you kind of just stay where you are and then head, head head home straight after um if I can guarantee that where we're going on to is going to be really fun and we're going to get a good boogie and there's not going to be too much waiting around or queuing or yeah. You know, I hate when you're having such a good night and then you all leave and everyone sobers up and just feels rubbish because you have to wait mm. on the street for hours. So, yeah, mm. if, it, if we're having a good night and we can stay put, I'll do that. I, tell you, I think that's maybe one of the worst things about like London nightlife yeah. is that it's not super spontaneous. Like you can't just no. rock up at a really good club or something and 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 be guaranteed really good music without queuing and it's so true I feel like you and I would have been ruined for life by being <laughs> at university that has like yeah. one street <laughs> walk to the club in like two minutes <laughs> yeah now then now then uh, I went to St Andrews with Nell for those yeah who don't know our connection and um yeah if anyone doesn't know St Andrews it's a tiny place and it takes about well depending on where you live at most yeah true to, to it's also um, it was very generous of me to call anything a club just then so. yeah, yeah that's yeah we're, we're pretending that it had better nightlife than it did it, it wasn't great <laughs> but better than you know two hours spent on a night bus trying to get home from somewhere so yeah absolutely <laughs> or falling asleep and missing your stuff altogether which obviously yeah. happens thousands of times exactly um and do you think the kind of discussion between the guests what maybe what what topics would it revolve around I think what would be quite interesting in this group is to delve a little bit into like some nuances and maybe some social anxiety around bad feminism um, mm -hmm. that's something that sort of came up in my mind quite a lot when I was thinking about who to put down mm -hmm. um, and I think Bridget Jones maybe is the best example of that, of, you know, a woman who is putting herself out there in a male-dominated field. And, you know, simultaneously, she's giving us this stream of consciousness that mm. slightly contradicts everything she's doing outwardly. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of us want to talk about our concerns with of slipping up and getting things wrong mm -hmm. but there is you know there is this sense of pride about it as well um and I think I said that at the beginning one of my you know traits slightly toxic traits is that I sometimes 
you know well we all do we fake it a little bit mm. and I had quite a different list of women that I was going to talk about mm. and I thought if I'm being completely honest to myself I want to be you know having this conversation with women who might be able to relate a little bit to mm. my anxieties around around slipping up and how that's okay because you know Mm. I mean, yeah yeah you recently changed careers um and I, I guess I'd be interested to know how you feel that experience has maybe changed your perception of the fear of failure as a woman in her 20s yeah absolutely and I think I personally have always set myself you know very high standards I've always wanted to be on this continuous upward tra like trajectory ever since school since uni since work um and yeah I, I suddenly had an epiphany and and realized I wasn't in the industry in the role I wanted to be in um and I can't say at that moment I knew what I wanted to do I just knew I didn't want to do that so mm. quit quite abruptly and was then you know in this limbo and didn't really know what I'd do and found quite quickly that I do have um, one of these personalities where I can't really sit still and I needed to be doing something. And I think just by the sheer panic of finding myself unemployed in, in my twenties and you know needing to pay rent in London, um, I threw myself into the sandwich thing, um, delivering sandwiches around London, which had always been a bit of a passion project but then for the first time, yeah, basically for the first time in my life, because I'd never had a break before, you know, always gone straight from school to uni to work. I actually had a little bit of space to think about what I, what it was that I wanted to do. Mm. And, you know, that was always underpinned by the panic of needing to earn money again. Mm. Um, but it has been the most refreshing few months for me just to figure that out a little bit. Um, and yeah I, I feel really sort of revived for having had that space just the mental space to think mm -hmm. about what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I mean I guess um, <clears throat> in some ways it's a privilege to be able to change careers. Mm, massively. And to have that kind of headspace to be able to think about what you what you really want to do but there is something to be said about the amount of pressure put on women in their 20s and we were talking about that in terms of like Bridget Jones, that kind of, yeah. especially if you're a single woman in your 20s, if you're not kind of, you've got to have it all basically. You have to be successful yeah. in your career, you have to be in a kind of long-term happy relationship, you have to have loads of friends around you, you have to have hobbies, all these different things that you kind of, if you don't have that, yeah. you feel like you're um, not succeeding. Yeah, completely you should in terms of kind of societal demands completely and I think that's what I've learned to do since quitting is to dismantle that perception of a, a perfect life mm -hmm. um and for me I've done that through talking with other women um and you know it's it's such a hot topic and mm. everyone has an opinion and and suddenly by sort of sharing my vulnerabilities about that I found that I can feel a lot more confident in the areas of my life that I've I've been nurturing now and not worry so much about the fact that you know I, I don't have it all on paper mm -hmm. 
no, it's it's been a it's been a real sort of learning curve the last few months. So what's next for kind of your Sani business, your your um, social media, that kind of thing? Well, I want to keep it up and I'm really excited to be starting a new job in a couple of weeks um, and aware that that is going to slightly sort of curb what I can do on the social media side of things. But actually, I think it's going to hopefully give me some new drive and focus. Mm. Um, and I've started a couple of series recently. I'm currently trying to trying to go around the world in bread um and then make sandwiches with these breads which is actually a far bigger challenge than I realized because bread is such a labor of love um but I'm going to keep up that and I'm hoping once I'm back in London in a few weeks um I can do a couple of delivery delivery drops a month um because I think the best thing for me is getting getting sarnies into people's hands so that I can get that feedback and with any hope one day in the not so far future I might be able to have um a a more permanent sandwich business that is the dream is that the kind of long-term goal is to make it into like a full-time pursuit basically it's hard to say right now I'm still figuring out my goals with it Mm. um but I think having something something slightly more regular at least would Mm -hmm. be my goal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like a physical space or just being able to kind of regularly you, you like kind of work it as a business yeah I think I'm not someone who's very good at staying in one place so I sort of see it as more of a roaming roaming Mm. pop-up if I do this Mm -hmm. um but yeah that that would give me a lot of joy I like to change things up a lot as well so I like the idea of being able to you know go to different parts of the UK change up the menu accordingly moving with the seasons moving with the times trends so yeah something roaming I think Mm. and I mean as also kind of self-confessed foodie as well um how do you find kind of food how it fits in with your identity as a young woman like do you find it's kind of an empowering thing to cook because I think I've talked about in previous podcast episodes Mm. other guests who are in the food business or just in terms of just talking about kind of the domestic and food yeah food for so long has been associated with um, like cooking for so long has been associated with women in the house Mm. in the kitchen whereas now it's kind of a much kind of wider sector I guess and and wider enjoyment for women to get more involved in in yeah um yeah how do how does how do you feel like your relationship with food uh empowers you that's a very good question um I think I've, you know, I've been very lucky to grow up in an environment which is very food driven. My family has always been massively into food. So I think it it's not a surprise that this is where I've, I've sort of found my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, no, I've always grown up watching, watching cooking shows you know MasterChef, Great British Menu those sort of things as well and one thing that does always strike me is that there is there is quite a disparity between the um, professionals and the amateurs and Mm. the amateur scene is often dominated by women the professional scene often by men and 
I think in my head it's quite obvious why that happens just which mm-hmm. I think is you know an amazing thing about women but mm-hmm. in at the same time it does sadden me a little bit that there aren't more in that professional space and I think the reason I stumbled is um because you know the way the path I'm going down is not actually like I, in a professional space like I'm doing sort of pop-up sandwiches I'm not a professionally trained cook but mm-hmm. I just think it's it's exciting that women can take something from their own kitchen and you know put it alongside the big players in the game and um it doesn't have to be that you go and get you know a a very expensive cordon bleu scholarship because Mm. I mean it sounds fantastic but it's really really um unattainable for some people Mm. so I think from my perspective um you know it's empowering because you don't need to do more than just cook in your own house and mm. you know and see where that takes you mm. um and I I always ask my guests one final question mm-hmm. um what are you doing on an everyday basis in a small way to become a better feminist that might just be like an act for yourself or it could be for other women sure um I think for me, it's been a one thing that I, I really try and teach myself is, you know, I'm I do spend a lot of time on social media. Mm. I do get sucked into it a lot. And one thing that I really try and make sure that I'm doing is when I see other successful women that I don't let my jealousy overpower my, you know, potential to learn from them. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that I've been guilty of and I think other women have too of you know seeing women who are at the top of their game being really successful getting that privilege of being able to influence others and scrolling past them because there's a little sort of green demon inside me that's saying oh you know never going to be that not going to look at it not going to make myself feel bad but actually what I should be doing is looking at that and celebrating it and learning from it. Mm, that's so. such a great answer because I think I definitely that resonates with me, and I, I'm mm. sure a lot of people listening that kind of idea of being jealous of other women rather than just being happy for them and, and learning from bad experiences. Yeah, it's a very difficult balance. Well, Nell, I loved your dinner party. I had a great time. I the food was incredible. Um, the setting was lovely I thought it was amazing that you managed to kind of get Bridget Jones out of the fictional plane onto the <laughs> real <laughs> onto the real one because um, she was a laugh um, and thank you very much for coming on the podcast today no thank you so much for asking me it's been a pleasure